Hey, boys and girls, welcome again. It's the Trench Life Podcast. I'm your host, Claudio. I'm joined by the senior member of the Fortnite community, Armin Kavaldin. <laughs> and we're waiting, yes, on, we're waiting on the brother Eric as well. He's supposed to hop on as well. But first, Armin, man, how's the Fortnite going? Uh, it's going, it's going um, pretty disastrously, yeah, I would say. <laughs> We know. Uh, are I, know you, I know you downloaded it uh, yesterday morning. Have you Have you played it all yet, or uh, have you figured it out? Yeah. You know exactly what you're doing. Oh no, not at all. <laughs> I, I played. I played a couple of games, and I don't know what I, I. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I noticed that um, that uh, people are quick to take advantage of me and uh, and spot me out really quick and uh, pick. Uh, uh, them kids, they know how to uh, how to sniff out the the old meat on the battlefield. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I think maybe you should try to try to link up with some other uh, some other older fellows, maybe from your PTA meetings that you have, or something, <laughs> and get a crew going and go in there and show those punk kids what it's all about. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe I should. I should do that. Well, you know, at the same time, it's. It'll just be something to kind of uh, keep me occupied until uh, until the next Madden game comes out, and then I'm gonna show these kids how to. How to <laughs> I think by it. then the the kids will be stopped uh, playing uh, Fortnite. I think just the fact that you actually downloaded the game took the cool uh, level for them uh, down like a few notches <laughs> and they'll be on to bigger and better things by the time they're ready to uh, yeah, ready to yeah. challenge them it, so it is pretty great though how much people are into that game though like, like all i hear about is like people uh celebrities and uh, and like uh kids talking about the, this game so I, I was curious it's a free game downloaded it quickly let's see what all the fuss is about and i could see what the what the attraction is. It does appear to be pretty fun actually, but um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if I ever, if uh, my give me some time for me to practice a little bit. And I think it's more likely that your kids uh, will eventually take over the Fortnite battles for the Kabajian family house in a few years. And, and you'll be left in the dust. Probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the new Madden will be coming out soon, and that—that's more your domain. That—that's where you shine. You're, that's you're a I'm Madden shy. guy, definitely. You—you uh, you pre-ordered it, correct? I think we spoke about this yesterday. You pre-ordered the Madden. Yeah, pre-ordered, and this year it's coming out uh, like a few weeks earlier on August 10th. So my wife is a little bit uh, disappointed that it's coming out so early, but <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, well, before back in the day, we used to have to buy the uh, NCAA football to uh, to kind of like uh, deal with the missing the Madden game so much. So we'd we'd buy the NCAA game, but they don't make that anymore. So yeah, now, absolutely, uh, I I remember spending summer days, beautiful summer days, when me and my brother would just sort of like because uh, the NCAA game would not come with uh, the names of the players, so it just come with the numbers. We used to spend like days manually inputting the names of uh, each uh, college football player and we spend our days doing that infuriating that. Uh, infuriating ed o'bannon and the likes <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and then after all that you only play the game for maybe like a month or so and then madden comes out and then ncaa gets tossed aside all right yeah. it's all about madden my friend all about madden even at 38 years old can't get enough 
38 years old, can't get enough. I'm I'm a little older than that, and I'm uh, I'm been between consoles right now. I don't have anything. I'm still on that Xbox 360. I said that was gonna be my last console ever. I said I was too old to buy a console, but now I'm starting to get that itch again. I think it's time that I uh, I go with the PlayStation or the Xbox One. At this point, I think gaming is like for all your life, right? It's not about kids anymore. Well, like games like Fortnite that you're trying to jump on are kind of like for kids. But the sports <laughs> games, you got the 2K, which I love. And you got the Madden, which I love as well. Those those uh, definitely, Absolutely. definitely for adults. Absolutely. Definitely. And we, we grew up with this, with this sort of technology. So uh, I can't see it going away. And I, could, I look forward to the day where... Where uh, I jump on with my kids and kind of teach them some lessons here too. Yeah, well, you know, kids are like more techn- technologically inclined than us. It'll be a sad day when when one of your children beats you at Madden, but you know that will be coming in a few years, right? It'll be it'll be a sad day for me, but a, a big day of accomplishment for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. For sure. Other than that, man, I want to stall a little maybe to go into the basketball to the NBA Finals when Eric jumps on. It's a little disheartening yep. that he's not on yet. We're five minutes in. Mm-hmm. But uh, anything mm-hmm. you're watching on the Netflix or on TV right now, anything that uh, you could recommend to the listeners? Uh, my wife and I started watching um, um, Money Heist on Netflix. Oh, yeah, uh, we just uh, watched we watched the second episode yesterday. It's actually... Seems seems very interesting, and and uh, it's a Spanish show, so like the English is dubbed over, but it's still well done, and the story is definitely uh, interesting. So we're in, we're enjoying it for sure. Um, so that's that's what's on the well, that's that's what's on in the Cavalgian household right now. You guys are trying to uh, to binge uh, Money Heist. You guys are getting into Money Heist. I've seen it. I recommend it for me, but I haven't really watched it yet. Uh, I finished watching season two of 13 Reasons Why. Don't judge me, but that show, I don't know. It was like crack cocaine. I, uh, I really binged out on right. hard. And uh, I also watched a lot. Go ahead. The first season, I haven't watched the first season, but I heard that the second season is really bad. The first season is a lot better than the second season, but second season, definitely watchable. Definitely watchable. Yeah. I know it's gotten bad reviews, but... Uh, it's not bad. I don't know why. I have like a thing for these high school drama type stuff. I don't know why. It always uh, always grabs my attention. But I also started watching, well, started, I finished this docu-series, which is The Toys That Made Us. Have you heard of this? No. This is really good. So it is, is it's eight episodes, two seasons. I think it's four seasons an episode. And they talk about like, iconic toys that we grew up with as children like it's about our age range so you go from they have an episode on legos an episode on gi joe episode on transformers star wars toys and they just delve into like how the toys were made and what the strategies were it's really it's really interesting you learn a lot from that shit. yeah yeah really you learn a lot or are you just reminisce on, on basically the toys that you grew both, up with? Both. Like uh, the Barbie thing. Uh, there was a Barbie episode, which you'd think would be my least favorite episode because I didn't really play with Barbies. But the original mm-hmm. stories of the Barbie was actually very interesting. Uh, <laughs> it turns out that like Barbie, the doll itself, uh, was first introduced in Germany. And I think Eric's coming on right now and he's going to hear me talk. <laughs> he's gonna hear me talking about Barbies and say, "What the fuck is going on with this podcast?" 
Well, anyways, yeah. About- we were talking about, I was talking about on Netflix, I was watching this docu-series called The Toys That Made Us. So it's like a documentary about like iconic toys that we grew up with. And I was just explaining the Barbie episode. But I think we'll move on to bigger and better things. I think, no, no, uh, keep going, just, man. I'll put things on hold and I'll... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did want to mention that I am watching also, this is more on my own, but I am watching uh, the... Um, uh, all or Nothing series on uh, Amazon Prime for okay. the Michigan Wolverines. All right. That's more our wheelhouse. That's more of something we could talk about. I'm going to have to edit out that Barbie part. And how's that going? <laughs> uh, it's super interesting, actually. It's, it's, it's um, you know, you, what I love about the All or Nothing season is, like, you know, you know how the story is going to play out, but it's basically what's going on in between, like, you know, the weeks and, and the, the discussions and, you know, uh, the players and and the personalities you get to kind of see how they are. Uh, they had they have one of the Dallas Cowboys. We talked about it on a, on a previous show. Uh, I find they're they're really really uh, well well produced. Very similar to the uh, Hard Knock series. Uh, it, it must be similar. It must be similar to Last Chance You, which I watched. Yes, yes, very similar, very similar actually. And like they, I noticed on Amazon Prime, like they have the Dallas Cowboys one, they have the Michigan one now that I'm watching, and they also have one for um, uh, a rugby team. Um, can't remember what they were called, but like, uh, so similar, similar setup, like the same kind of uh, format. Probably so they're they're they're, trying, they're squeezing every every last drop out of this this all or nothing series. Yeah, probably not gonna watch the rugby one, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the Jeff Bezos and. <laughs> Amazon really going for it with that streaming service. They even spent like a billion dollars on the Lord of the Rings series there. I'm not probably not going to watch that either, but they're really going after <laughs> Amazon. It seems like there's a, there's an episode like, like a show Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, it hasn't been made yet, but they've, uh, they spent a billion dollars basically to produce five seasons of it. And it's going to be exclusive on Amazon prime. Oh, I'll watch that for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, if you like Game of Thrones, I'm sure this is going to be something. Oh, Game that... of Thrones is on the next level compared to Lord of the Rings. Dude, Lord of the Rings is yeah. brutal. You it's not, it's not at that level of Game of Thrones. That's for sure. Nope. Game of Thrones is uh... like Game of Thrones is like totally explicit. It's it's just, just different, man. It's not for kids. I, yeah, yeah. I think Lord of the Rings is more family friendly. It's something you guys can watch with your kids. Whereas Game of Thrones, you gotta wait for the kids to be sleeping to start watching that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want them to go to bed thinking about dogs ripping people's faces off. So. Yeah, it's n- never a good thing. <laughs> but let, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. This is supposed to be a short pod. We had promised we we're gonna do a pod after every NBA game, and we got lucky this. Uh, this time because there's two days break between games so we could talk a little about game two uh obviously the golden state warriors won it and it wasn't very difficult they ended up covering that 10 and a half point spread steph curry was on fire kd and clay contributed as well both over 20 points eric as the golden state warrior fan i want your take first what did you think about game two i thought it was a you know, I, I thought it was closer than the score indicated, and uh, as far as I, I just thought, this is how the Warriors should have been. You know, even in Game One, they came out a little sloppy the way they've kind of been throughout the playoffs. But yesterday, or the day before, the Warriors really showed what they can bring to the table. They just wear you down as the game goes. 
Pong. And he really, Steph was really, he was amazing. He was great, not maybe scoring for all three, all four quarters, because that really came in the fourth. But the three quarters, he was really just controlling the pace of the game. And, and KD and Clay, they were, they more than contributed. They were like 15 as hell. Like KD, I think, went 11 of 14 for like 29 points, and Clay was like 9 of 13. Like they were just crazy efficient. Like, and even Draymond hit that big three uh, in the fourth quarter to kind of seal the deal. Yeah, Draymond was well, Draymond was incredible. That was like about five minutes left in the fourth. That wasn't to seal the deal, but it was a it was a big. Uh, well, it was a, it was at a time where like uh, Cavaliers were kind of like, well, they were hanging in there, right? They were making a push. They were keeping it kind of close within the six to eight point range. I thought that three was a big three. At this point, anytime Draymond shoots a three, you're not expecting it to go in. Maybe it wasn't as big as I thought it was. But well, big threes, Claudio, on game one. He had two huge threes, actually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he's contributing in different ways as well. Uh, the Ringer did a really good article actually yesterday uh, uh, showing how he's contributed uh, on the defensive end as well without a Gudala there. He's become the leader of the defense. Uh, yeah, you know how I feel about Draymond Green. I'm a big fan of his and he's been contributing gr- uh, greatly in this uh, title run. Armin, any thoughts on, the, on game two? Anything you could give us uh, yeah, on your insights? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I, I really wanted to see the Cavs sort of pull that one, pull at least one of these two games out. Obviously, we know what happened in game one. Uh, I just wanted the series to go, uh, you know, as long as possible. But uh, as a Clipper fan, I just couldn't help but feel that that, that same sort of uh, demoralized feeling that I get when whenever I watch the Clippers against <laughs> the Warriors. And it's, you know, the, the, the Warriors, they just have a way of, like, Every time the Cavs hit like a big shot, a big three or something like that, the Warriors just came back down and hit a three of their own. And it just sort of like nullified any sort of chance that they had. It's so demoralizing because it's, you know, the Cavs, they were hitting like wide open three-point shots and the Warriors were hitting contested three-point shots. And it, it's that's what they do, right, of the three best shooters in the league on one team. And, and it's so demoralizing every time they sort of go, go that side of the court and, and do hit one of those shots like that. Yeah, demoralizing being the key word. I think after game one, the team was totally demoralized. They knew that was a game that they probably should have won, right? Then going into game two, I mean, those shots that they were hitting. I think at this point, maybe the Cavaliers kind of know what's up. (laughs) Now they're heading for like another loss in the finals. But getting home, going back to Cleveland, they got their two days off. Things could change. Obviously, I think game three is going to be the the biggest game of this, the best, maybe not the biggest game of the series, but the best game of the series. This is must win for the Cavaliers, right? Uh, Eric, game three, what are you expecting? Are you expecting, uh, are you expecting a total warrior destruction or is this going to be a tight game like I think it's going to be? Eric? I don't know. Right, well, I guess I'll yeah, uh, yeah, in. Armin, you jump in. What do you think? Close game, like I think, or you think it's going to be a blowout? It's going to it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough to to um, to pass uh, what we saw in game one. How how intense it was, and how um, how close it was. Obviously, it went to, it went to overtime. Um, you know, they they obviously need to um, to to 
keep the series extended. If they lose game three, it's pretty much a wrap for the series. Um, my feeling, though, is that it will not be a close game and that the Warriors will pull away pretty easily. I just think that game one loss is, was so demoralizing for the for the Cavaliers. And, uh, you know, they were, they were able to come back against Boston and, and really pull off some series. But Boston, but Boston they... Um, you know they don't have they they struggled on the road uh, the whole playoffs. Yeah. So it, it wasn't the same sort of like uh, the same the same it's not the same team really. And uh, I just think the way that they lost that game one and then what happened in game two, I I see sort of that trend really going more so than uh, than uh, it being a close game. Although I do think LeBron uh, should should probably have his best game of the series. Uh, in game three, he won't he won't go down without a fight. LeBron's dropping sixty. That's what I said all along. He's dropping sixty game three. And the Cavaliers are taking it. No. <laughs> <laughs> they, lose First, close, they lose a close one. <laughs> personally, I think that this is the game for that the Cavaliers are going to win. They're they're back at home. They're going to be hyped. I got two days off. They got a little extra rest. I think Iguodala's that Iguodala's playing, uh, Claudio. Uh, it doesn't matter. I just think this is the Cavaliers' game. I think this is still going to be a series. I know Golden State is the better team. They're the better coach team. They're the most talented team, but they haven't shown me that they could make, they could have consistent effort in four straight games. They didn't sweep anybody in the playoffs, and I don't think they're going to sweep the Cleveland Cavaliers. Although well, they just they just won four in a row. Yes, they just won four in a row, but let's face it, game one probably should have been a loss. Why? <laughs> they, what do you Cavs mean, why? Come the on. Cavs, they the needed the so game. much luck. So much luck how to pull luck? up. I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean, like how that? is it luck? First of all, George Hill, an 82% free throw shooter, misses the free throw to take the lead. J.R. Smith, Smith pulls down the throw. rebound on seven foot cupcake, Kevin Durant. Pulls down the rebound. But does, decides that he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, what the score is. He dribbles the ball out. Now, how much more luck do you need? That blocking right, foul. Well, I didn't even you know mention. That, you know that, I didn't even yeah. mention the blocking foul. I've watched basketball for I don't know how many years. I never saw that happen. That they reverse. They reverse a call like that. It's, it's the rule. I'm not times. saying. No, it did. I don't remember that. I know KD it's said that. Go look. Go look back. What I'm gonna. I have to go look back. I'm gonna have to Google that. But I don't remember ever that. Even if it's happened once before, you must admit it's a little lucky. Come on. How is it lucky they made the right call, Claudio? Like, uh, what are you talking about? See, like, what, you get offended because you think I'm diminishing Golden State Warriors and think they're not good. They're great. They're great. There's no, nothing. I think you're but no, I... they got lucky. They got lucky when Chris Ball went down in game five. They got lucky in game one of, that, uh, of the game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Armin, come on. You, as a, a Los Angeles Clipper fan that has no dog in this race between Cleveland and Golden State, could you admit that Golden State got lucky? Yeah, I, I do think that a lot of luck was involved in game one <laughs> for them. <laughs> okay, so, so basically they were lucky when Steph took it to the hole, got an one and hit his free throws. KD hit his free throws. They got lucky. Uh, they got lucky because a guy missed the free throw. That shit happens all the time. You can point back to Kawhi Leonard missed the free throw against the Heat a couple of years, a few years back, and the Heat ended up winning that game. That's the Ray Allen shot 
It's because Kawhi missed the free throw. I'm just so saying, what? there's a lot. Everything is no, that's basketball, man. And Dude. the bottom line is, the blocking call was the right call. It could have been Houston. It was it. okay, if even if it was the right call, it's still luck. How is it luck? Oh, okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah, all right. If that's then I have no. Argument. At that point, with the game. At that point, at that point, come on. At that point, before the blocking call, if five thirty-eight, those guys on ESPN that do the. Uh, the the percentages and all the odds. If they had to have the odds of Golden State Warriors winning that game in overtime, you know what it would be? It would be like five to six percent. There's no way that should have happened. That what? should have a been the Cleveland Cavaliers game. game. Ty Lue calls a timeout. They run a play for LeBron. That game's over. So many listen. things had to, to happen. Listen to what you're saying. <laughs> okay, you have to listen to what you're saying. You're saying if it would have been a two to three point game, it would have been a five to six percent chance that Golden State would have made it to the overtime. Think about how <laughs> illogical that is. The best shooting, three of the best shooters in NBA history, cannot bring that have a five to six percent chance to bring that to overtime. <laughs> like, on a three-point game, are you kidding me? Damn. Here's what here's what I'm saying. I don't know about I don't know about all those things, but I, I what I do know you make it is seem that, like there was like you know, all kinds of time left. Like yeah, it was 38 got... seconds. <laughs> there is all kinds of time left. It's basketball, man. It's not uh, football where you run the clock and you're uh, with no timeouts, you let it run out. That's not how it works, man. If I was it's you as a Golden State Warrior fan, I'd say, yeah, we got a little lucky, but we, we executed well when we had so, to. We went into overtime. We clamped the down Cavs on defense. Blew the game, Claudio. The Cavs blew the game. Yeah, but that... That's not luck. Sometimes you blow a game. You know, you guys are all talking. All this shit was being uh, spoken about when the Rockets beat them in Game Four. They got lucky too. The Warriors scored twelve points in the fourth. So how lucky were the Rockets? Fouls were. So that has nothing to do with the Rockets' defense. The Rockets' defense was just lucky that whole game. Dude, did you see some of the misses? They were missing free throws. Well, did you see some of the misses in game two from the Cavaliers? <laughs> they had all kinds of open threes. So I okay. could say that. So I'm the, not even so saying the that they were lucky in game two. I'm not even saying that the Warriors were lucky in game two. But if you want to go like that, the Warriors are, were lucky in game two as well. Yeah, no, man, the Warriors are the luckiest team ever. They're going to win three out of four. One minute away. They're just the luckiest team ever, guys. Just put it that way. They'd lose to anybody. Think, but that's not what I'm saying. Clearly, yeah. I think that's why Eric is sort of taking it this way because of our previous conversations and that you mentioning sort of that the Warriors are the luckiest team. I don't think that the Warriors are lucky at all, really. I think that the Warriors are the probably the one of the, if not the best, one of the best teams ever assembled. I agree. But I do feel, <laughs> I'm not... I, do feel, I do feel in game one that the Warriors did get some, did catch some breaks and – you know, there is luck involved in, in, some, in being good to it. You know, at the end of the day, that charge or block call, whatever, the fact that it got reviewed, I, I think there is luck in there for, for the Warriors. Because really, you said – You know, there, you, you know that was LeBron James, right? Like, LeBron James doesn't get too many calls reversed on it. It's not even about that. I mean, Eric, you're the one that told me that the only time that they can review it is just if they question whether or not they were in the restricted area. Yeah. In my opinion, of where that ref was, and when he called the the, the charge, I don't think he had any <laughs> any doubt. Yeah, but Armin, if you go back and look over the, the video, basically, uh, if you look at the highlights, the ref on top called the block. The ref on the baseline called the charge. So they're they're, they're in disagreement already. So they don't really know. And I'm assuming the third ref probably saw it as a block. And what did they do? 
Tristan Thompson had his foot in the restricted area. So they, you know what? I don't like the review either. But the bottom line is we want we all cry about when they get the call wrong. Now they go back and review it and they get it right, and now we're crying about it still. So okay, let me ask a let, let, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question to both of you. If this game, that game, game one, was in Cleveland, would you would the Golden State Warriors get that call? I don't know. I would hope so. That's hard to say. Why not? Why you don't you don't I agree that in the end that 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 call the right call was made. It was a, it was a, a block because he, LeBron was moving. What I feel what I feel is the lucky part is the fact that they reviewed it because really the ref who makes the call for the charge is is in a good position to see where his feet are. So the feet shouldn't be in question. That's why my point is I do I do feel like the the Warriors did get lucky in the sense of like that that call re- reviewing that call at least. Even though if they got it right, it's still the fact that they reviewed that call. I thought, look, and you're right. If if that call didn't get reviewed, then you would say that the Warriors were unlucky because the wrong call was made, exactly. and it couldn't have been reviewed. Exactly, but I would have it, said it, that. But I would have said that. I don't. Think yeah, but that's not what happened. Just talked so, about how the Chris Paul and this and that. He's still the luckiest team ever. It's fucking crazy. I find. Well, it's you like, don't they're, think they're, that Chris uh, Paul getting injured was a little lucky yeah, for the Golden State Warriors? He was killing them. He was killing them. I heard Steven Jackson talking yesterday, and he was like, "He's like, you know what? Well, fuck. All I'm, I'm, I was fed up. Of, he was saying I was fed up of uh, guarding guys like LeBron and getting touch fouls called on me every two seconds. Now it went the other way. So now you know how we all feel. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, I understand that, and I agree with that as well. It was just. All I'm saying is that it was kind of lucky. That's all. It was. It was, it was I mean, it was lucky. That's where you go. And I do think it was lucky. It was not, not that you missed the free throw because it is a, it is a uh, high pressure, high pressure situation, and free throws get missed. But it was luck slash absolute idiocy from uh, J.R. Smith that that happened and that no timeout was yep. called. Like, Eric is right. You're right, Eric. They blew the game. They but they came. But That's really, you don't see that lot happen often is the point. Well, I saw Nick Anderson miss four free throws in a row. I think he was an 85% free throw shooter at the time, something like that. So, okay, and that yeah, was right. that was lucky for the other team, right? No, but they blew the game. <laughs> okay. How is it luck? Like, if you choke, you choke. It's part of the game. Every, no one shoots 100%. And that's just part of it. And, uh, you know, Sometimes the nerves get – and what bothers me is that, okay, let's say it was a charge. It's a two-point game, 38 seconds left or so. The game's over? The Warriors have no chance apparently? Like, come on, man. You know what's funny is that I've heard the Warriors talking post-game about game one and saying that they got lucky, yet you will not concede that, that they were lucky in game one. No, I'm saying they blew the game. That's just what happens sometimes. You know, the Warriors blew a game in game four. No one talks about that. They were awful. They were missing layups. KD was missing free throws. Yeah, it was at the six-minute mark rather than the fucking minute mark. But he's still a 97% free throw shooter missing free throws while the Rockets are making a run. Fourth quarter is, a four, is, cl- is clutch time. So, you know, like, fuck, it happens. And they lost that game. So, shit, what are you going to do? They blew the I, game. As, uh, as uh, the saying goes, me thinks doth protest too much. I think that you know <laughs> that luck has had a part to do with this run that Golden State Warriors have had. They haven't been as dominant as they've been in the previous years. 
<laughs> and they've gotten some luck along the way. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's still the best collection of talent that probably, not probably, for sure, that I've ever seen in the NBA together. And now they're getting a Godala back. They're only going to be stronger. But yet, I'm still doubting them. I still think Cleveland game three comes out and they win that game. I believe in LeBron. I think that the coach Ty Lue, although I'm not a big fan, is going to make some adjustments out there. Maybe try out Corver a little more, although he's having trouble on the defensive end. They're going to need some guys that can hit some three-point shots because game two, they had a lot of opportunities to hit three-point shots that they missed. So I, well, I heard, I heard you guys in, the, in the other uh, uh, quick uh, episode that you guys recorded together talking about <laughs> Rodney Hood. I, I, honestly, like if I'm Lou, I think I try to incorporate him somehow in the game and maybe cut some of uh, J.R. Smith's minutes. I think J.R. Smith right now, his confidence is totally shaken. And I know that he's known to be the like, an unconscious like sort of player. Like He'll just shoot whenever he has a chance to shoot. But I do feel like you know, I, I agree that a guy like Rodney Hood has shown that he can produce in this league. Maybe it's time to sort of like uh, mix things up a little bit just to sort of give some new energy to, to, the, to the team, I think. I think I was a sixth but man I, of the year candidate before he got traded to, uh, to Cleveland, you know. Yeah. All this argument about how LeBron and Eric, you're a big proponent of how LeBron makes all his teammates so much better. Who exactly has he made better on that Cavs roster? They all look no, no, shittier he, than they do. He makes before. lesser teammates better, Claudio. He, I, that's like who? I said. Like Rodney Hood? George Hill. George Hill was a lot better before. You think George Hill would have ever made a $20 million contract playing like he does now? No, but I mean, he hasn't made, recently. I mean, he's older now. Like, yes, he was better when he was younger. But in the last few years, he, he was not considered to be any uh, any like, contributing sort of player. I, you know, he's, he's played better now, I think, than he has in the last couple of years. I don't think so. Okay. I think George Hill was better off wherever he was before. I mean, the guy was pretty good in Utah last year. So. Yeah. And before that in Indiana, he was better. In Indiana, yes, but he was younger, too. He's older now. He's like his mid thirties. Who could you say went to the Cleveland Cavaliers and became a better player? Name one guy. Kevin Love is certainly not a better player. The guy was averaging like thirty and twenty in Minnesota. I understand you got to take a lesser role when you're playing with the King, but he's not a better player. There's nobody that's a better player. Yeah, but I still do think it probably is difficult to play with LeBron because he probably, you know, has. Just so much of it, but he does. I mean, you can see how he he finds the right player, the right spot. Look, I I do think that there's. Um, I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, when you watch the game, you see what his impact is. You can see sort of like um, how he helps find opportunities for his teammates and stuff like that. So I think that's the way you look at it. They're not going to be the same way that they were. Kevin Love was averaging thirty and twenty in Minnesota, and they're winning twenty games a year. Yeah, he wasn't averaging 30 and 20. Let's be clear. I was just exaggerating for hyperbole, but he was averaging a lot better than he is now. No, but listen, he makes lesser players. But he hasn't done it in a while. All these guys he got back in that that. fucking hodgepodge of a trade that they made, well, the couple of trades that they made at the deadline, all these guys are underperforming. Nobody has come. Jordan Clarkson is unplayable. The guy in L.A., I don't know, I, like I said in a previous pod, I didn't watch the Lakers much. They're pretty much irrelevant these days. But he was like a serviceable guy. He had trade value. He's dead now. Who's going to trade for this? Like, nobody would want him. 
Isaiah yeah, but played. I do think like even in LA like this past season, like he was a guy coming off the bench for a non-playoff team. So it's like you know how good is he really? No, he was a guy coming off the bench, but he was c- contributing. He was part of that deal. Larry Nance is contributing. Yeah, yeah, contributing, but contributing for a team that's not that's not producing. You know, I mean, that's my point. My point is that you know, is he a guy who can? I like I like some things that Jordan Clarkson did in LA. I agree that I've been disappointed with how he's been playing since he went to Cleveland. But I don't think it's I don't think it's um, it's uh, a slight on LeBron. I, I just think he had more opportunities in LA, and he was able to. Yeah, he had more rope to kind of, you know, do more things. But um, you know, now he's on the big stage, and really, he's got to be a lot more efficient than he's he's shown. You know, even in LA, though, he's, he had issues with turnovers and and bad shots, and you know, these things come to light much more under the microscope. You know, who the perfect teammate for LeBron James is, I think, Clay Thompson, a guy like Clay Thompson. That would be the perfect fit. I don't think he would sacrifice any stats. He would be the same type of player, and he would mold well, gel well with LeBron instantly. I think Clay Thompson would be perfect. Other than that, I've asked you guys several times, name me a guy that's done better with LeBron James, and you, you couldn't name me one guy. So obviously my point is correct. The thing is, is that um, numbers-based, I mean, how many players have actually – uh, gone to sort of join LeBron while sort of the team's already established. And, and, you know, you're right in that sense. However, my thing is that when you watch the game, you can see that the way that the team is, it's just he, find, he makes the right plays. So the, the, the players have opportunities to get better, but they won't match their numbers that they had in previous situations where they had more opportunities, where a guy like Rodney Hood, there was no other, no one else there to help offensively. They had no choice but to rely on him more. Or Jordan Clarkson in L.A. when he was starting his first couple of years. You know, that's that's the way I look at it more. Uh, but anyways, I, I, I get your point. You know, there's Chris Bosh, there's Kevin Love. Um, the, only guy I could say, the, the only guy I could say is Kyrie because Kyrie's stats with Cleveland were pretty much the same as he had with Boston this season. The only yeah, guy I could true. say, that's true. Uh, Dwayne Wade, I won't say he he didn't do as well when when LeBron came to Miami, but he was also declining. He was also getting older, and he's a guy that depended on his athleticism mostly, and he just became a different type of player. And he wasn't as good, but I think that would have been the case if, whether LeBron was there or not there. Yeah, I think we lost. No, him. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, Eric dropped off. Eric dropped off. Well, anyways, we're almost close to closing it out. We're going we're gonna to leave on a heated note. This is a heated podcast. One last question for you, Armin. They're introducing yeah. in the Summer League uh, challenge flags for the coaches copying the NFL. I think this is actually a really good move. I think that could be interesting. I just hope there's not too many of them that, they use, that they're able to use. But I think this could... This could be really good in getting the right calls in. What do you think about the challenge flags in the NBA? Yeah, I think it's a good time to bring it in because I do feel like the flow of an NBA game has really uh, has really helped with a lot with the uh, fact that there's less timeouts, so games go by pretty quickly. And I think that you do have an opportunity to make sure that you know uh, when it's down to crunch time that the right play, the right call is made. So 
Um, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm curious to see how it will work out. I'm curious to see how they want to use it. And, um, and uh, I think that it, I think it, it'll, it'll fit pretty well. Okay, okay. I think so too as well. Final thing, I'm giving the of the score for Wednesday night, tomorrow night. We're recording Tuesday morning. I think it's going to be a Cavaliers victory. I'm going 101 to 95. Armin, what's your final score for uh, game three? I'll go 118 Ooh. to 108 for the Warriors. Wow, you can't get much more different than that. I'm just going to... I'm just going to step up for my boy, Eric. He's not here. We lost him. You got to step up his cell phone game. And I'm going to say he would have put 125.95 for the Warriors. <laughs> yes, and no luck involved whatsoever. <laughs> no luck. <laughs> just, pure, just pure skill. <laughs> they were going to lose a close game. So. Oh, oh, so you got to change that up. What's close? So like, okay, 125 to... 104. That's like close in his opinion. <laughs> I would say, I would say if he thinks the Cavs will be able to keep it close, I would say that uh, Warriors score less. That's how the. That's the only way that they uh, that they are able to keep it to keep it close. So if I'm Eric, I'm probably predicting somewhere in the low hundreds for the Warriors. So something like that. All right, 104, 101. That's official. That's Eric's prediction. Other than that, we're gone for today. Uh, Armin, thanks for jumping in. Thank you to Eric, who uh, we lost along the way. And uh, please subscribe, uh, download our podcast at the Trench Life Podcast. We're available on all kinds of different platforms. Some that we even asked, we haven't even asked to be on. I keep on getting notifications of these new apps that we're on. Uh, most importantly, iTunes. Uh, like I said, you got to subscribe, you got to rate and uh, review, tell them how good we are. Uh, Armin, enjoy your day. We're going to be back on after game three sometime. And uh, yeah, see you guys very All soon. Right. Take it easy. Peace. Take it easy.